Right, uh, now we have um, the wonderful Ian Jarvis um, to speak about uh, 5G and EMFs and how they affect nature um, and really what, uh, what, we, what we're doing really about it. Um, anyway, here we go. This is the wonderful Ian Jarvis who is talking all over the country, doing, being very, speaker? very busy. Uh, with lots and lots of tools. I want my, uh, Absolutely incredible. Thank you, Ian. People often say I talk about 5G. I talk about more than 5G. I talk about radio frequencies. That's really what we must remember, that even though um, it's been a great marketing tool for the industry, 5G, uh, we've still got 2G, 3G, 4G uh, around, and many other things as well that are emitting radio frequencies. We'll come on to it, but I wonder how many people of you have got um, a doorbell. Yeah, one of those doorbells. How many people have got those new doorbells? That's surveillance. It's breaching GDPR. It's collecting data, which is going up to the cloud. You are doing their business for them. And they're just selling your data. So just throw it away. It's amazing how this just creeps in slowly, you know, and the same goes for your car, and the same goes for many other devices um, around your home. So just be a little bit careful when you buy anything. We can control that. If they want to collect the data, there'll be more data coming from, and useful data coming from, one of those ring doorbells that filming you than there will from the cameras on the traffic lights in a road junction. But let's bring it back to climate. I'll go back to what I thought about talking about. Because when I was, uh, I, many years ago, about five decades ago maybe, I was told that we'd soon be flooded and all the coastal towns within 10 years would be flooded and the sea would rise and we'd all have to move up inland. Well, as you can see, I've had a few decades since then. Um, if I go back and walk on those beaches where I walked as a young boy, a young man, and look at where the sea is, it's pretty much in the same place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not moved very much, and, and that's what we're being sold. Now, whatever the problem is, and, and the previous speakers have put it really well, um, but whatever the problem is, uh, Peter mentioned some things, Ralph mentioned some things, we're not going to solve it with technology, with um, accounting practices, you know, the, the idea of the energy changes that Margaret Thatcher brought in, it was just pure accounting, that's it, the pure accounting. Technology, accounting, design, industrial society, we are not going to create a society that we want, I'm sure, I'm sure you, most of you are with me. This is what we're going to create if we go down that route. Ericsson is the largest manufacturer of the towers and things that you see around the world at the moment. 
Uh, those things that are going on. And you notice those words that I've highlighted in red there. That's what they plan to do with you. These are just a few of them in Wolverhampton. You may be luckier than I am in Wolverhampton um, and not have so many in Glastonbury. Here's another statement. We found this a few couple of months ago in a planning application to where I do a lot of work, as you'll see later on. A planning application, and you can see that's, those are very worse. Again, it's not me telling you this. It's the telecommunication companies themselves. This comment was hidden, I think, on page 29 of that particular application. You can look at the URL there, uh, and you can go and look at it. The last word is the most important one. Yeah? Agenda. So, there is an agenda. Agenda? Is that a conspiracy as well? Or is it just an agenda? Who, who, who sold us this agenda? Who asked us? Who consulted us for this agenda? Well, we'll come back to that later because there was a few more words after that in that application. And I'll show you them right at the very end uh, when we come to the end of my talk. Um, probably by a few deviations as well as we go. Um, but the first thing I want to say, I mentioned all those um, different radiations. We need to remember that the radiation that they're putting out is not a side effect. It is the effect. That's what they're designed to do flood the whole area with radiation, radio frequency radiation, RFR, you see many terms, RFR, Wi-Fi and many other terms, they're all basically the same thing. And there is a difference as we see between 3, 4G and 5G as well. About 30 years ago uh, we decided that um, we needed a standard. It's what we do isn't it? We make standards up, you know, you drive Drive on the left of the road is a pretty good standard. The speed limit in Glastonbury is 200 miles an hour is not a very good standard. And we get a bit of this with this uh, organisation here, the International Commission on Non-Ionising Radiation Protection. And that's the body that set the standard. It was created up around about the, the mid-90s. First it report was issued in 1998. Um, and it still applies actually because it was a guideline, not a standard. And it still applies. They've, they've updated it several times since then, and the latest version is 2020. So, <coughs> and there's, there's quite a, a few problems with it, but I'm not going to go into that now tonight because we've got uh, um, something else I need to talk about. But that's the first sentence of the introduction uh, to the latest version created in 2020. There's nothing about the rest of life. It's completely ignored. Did you notice that last word again? Humans. Now thank you very much, um, but uh, I think I need other plants and animals to exist. But as, as a lawyer might say, the 43 or something pages of that, um, of that paper are silent on animals, fish, birds, insects and the lot. 
We're not talking about. It wouldn't matter if there was another organisation that was going to create a standard or a guideline for that, but there isn't. And there isn't even another committee in the ICNERB. That, that's, that's the <coughs> unpronounceable um, word that we actually use for ICNERB. <coughs> so, no conversations about um, animals or nature, so uh, we better talk about them tonight. And that's what Sandy asked me to address in the first instance. So, I apologise for this picture. Yes, it's a dead horse. Um, it's not really nature in the way that we know it. Uh, but I expect there's a horsey community around here. Yes? No? There's... In, in this particular race course, the season was stopped. Uh, two or three, uh, the beginning of June, because horses were dying uh, much more frequently, about eight times more than they had done in any year before. Now, if that happens, what would be the question you would first ask if you were the investigating vet? Well, I'll tell you, this would be mine. What's changed? I'll tell you what's changed. What has changed is that what is being put underneath the saddle of these racehorses this season is the equivalent to a horsey Fitbit. And I expect a lot of you in the room are wearing your Fitbits now. Um, you might take them off after we've discussed this. That horsey Fitbit underneath the saddle is radiating pulses, pulses through the horse's body 2,400 times every second. Every second. Now I'm sure you know that every horse has about four legs and at the bottom of those legs there are hooves. And I don't know what they are in non-race horses but in these race horses they have aluminium. They will be radiating those 2,400 signals back four times over. Of course the horse has always got a chip in his neck which every animal, <coughs> every animal these days has. The, um, the Fitbit is connected to GPS. It's also passing the data up to the cloud where it goes and it's being worked on to calculate how that animal is running. Do you think that could have anything to do with it? I mean, I can't say for certain, of course, but um, Arthur Furstenberg has written to the vet and um, she's not even bothered to reply yet. He suggested that she would look at that and see how it, um, whether that actually applies. But I think it's um, a good thing to start investigating. And this in a sense is the theme. Why is nobody investigating the possibility that this radiation is affecting people. Somebody's doing this, money, yeah, that's of course one thing. So let's go a little bit really wild, and this is um, with amphibians. David Wake died a couple of years ago, um, and he noticed that uh, amphibians uh, of all sorts were reducing. They've been reducing since about 1900. They lasted, they, they lived through eons and eons of, um, of, of, of uh, centuries. And they've been pretty much the same ever since. They've not changed very much and they've been around um, 
probably since the dinosaurs, if the dinosaurs were ever around at all. Uh, that's for some of you. And um, so what he found when, when, when he started looking behind um, David Wake's um, uh, reports and work was that um, a lot of these pristine areas, particularly in America, a lot of these pristine areas for um, the, these nature reserves are supposed to be, they're putting these things up there. Towers, probably because these are, these are uh, phone masts, uh, radio masts, and they're emitting radiation, of course. Uh, now, this is in, in a particular res reserve. And um, that, that could, do you think that could have anything to do with it? But of course, what they're looking at is climate change. So that brings us back to where we started the evening, I think. Yeah. So, but there's no, so far, there's not been any scientific um, research that has made a causation limit, link between the deaths of amphibians and climate change. So wouldn't you think they might be investigating something else as well? Yeah? Let's move on a little bit. This is a pristine area. It's called Pentre Hodr. It's, um, it's actually in Shropshire. I would, have, I would have classed it as a Welsh mountain a few weeks ago, um, but it's actually now an English mountain or an English hill. There's an application in Shropshire Council to put a 4G mast from various um, tower, actually a big tower with about, oh, I don't, can't remember the number of antennas on it, uh, up on the top of that hill there in this pristine area. I've put an objection in. Um, are we stupid? Are we really stupid? Anyway, this pristine area. Incidentally, if anybody wants to put an objection in, there's still time, you've got until the 11th uh, to put an objection into the um, uh, Shropshire Council. I put some uh, little pieces of paper on that table over there and you can contact me and I'll give you the, the details of how you can, can write that in if you want to. But that's what we're doing to our country. Walking area is farmland as you can see, uh, mostly sheep. Uh, it's right next to an ancient, well, that's an ancient wood. Uh, there, there are not many ancient woods around at the moment. So there's untold uh, riches of animals and bugs and insects and all sorts of things. All they talk about is a few birds and uh, badgers in their application. They do actually mention them, to be fair to the, to the applicant, but that's, that's about it. Um, but again, again, it leads, leads us back to, to this. This happened in um, Texel Island. In, on the Netherlands, coastal stream of the Netherlands. It's quite well known, this, um, this incident. Um, birds were suddenly dying. Researchers, scientists, naturalists found um, dead and dying sandwich terns on this island in the, in the nature reserved. Again, what did they put it down to? Well, they, they, they noticed that um, they put it down to, guess, Bird flu. Of course, straight away, put it down to bird flu. Despite the fact that it was spring, and bird flu does not normally occur in the spring. They also didn't look a little bit further because there are even two more 
reserves of these terms in, in Netherlands itself. One with no deaths and one with some deaths. The same thing was happening in, in other uh, colonies around, around Europe, I think notably in France. There was, I, I remember reading about it just over a year or so ago. And one of the interesting things is, do you think it could be anything to do with one of these? Well, again, I've spoken to Arthur Furstenberg and, and, and we discussed it, and he was researching this for the last year. And he's come up with four reasons why uh, these towers can harm creatures, birds in this particular case. The first one is, um, this is a very busy area and uh, there's a shipping lane right by the island. So traffic matters because traffic increases the radiation that's being uh, sent over these places. Um, with a shipping lane, you're going to get the, um, the, the, the ship to shore, ship to ship, and so many things that the ships have been communicating. Very busy um, lane. If it had been a large population of humans, of people, of course the same thing would happen, um, but there's not. And in fact, in this particular place, um, the, the other, one of the other things is that when you suddenly increase the radiation levels to somewhere, it ha can have a lethal effect. We saw that in the horses. In here, right next to the colony, there had been 18 4G antennas erected in the months just before that happened. So, I'm not saying it is the possibility, I'm just saying, you know, let's investigate it. Why are they not investigating this stuff? You know, it's, it's not rocket science, is it? You know, what's changed? Look at it. Interestingly enough, um, the, the terns themselves have actually returned to the area, but they've avoided the radiated old colonies and gone to new places for colonies. And that should tell us a story, and it might be something that we could usefully take note of ourselves. So should I move, move from Wolverhampton? <laughs> the, there was a final thing, actually, um, which I just forgot about, because he's saying that 4G could be worse than 5G in this particular respect. And what, what I, I, I just need to divert a little bit. Have you ever dropped stones in a steel pond? Yes? And you've seen those circles radiate out and they make nice little ripples, yes? And then if you drop another one in, the ripples come and they ripples bump together and they make a sort of uh, disturbed pattern. Well, that's sort of what happens with the 4G signals. They're coming out in exactly the same way. Three-dimensional, of course. I can't do the arm movements because I've got one mic I'm holding a microphone here. But, um, and, and when they bump into each other, we really don't know what's happening. And if everybody here's got a mobile phone in their pockets or somewhere, and it's radiating like that, they're all bumping in together. So we're getting lots of little uh, not spots and hot spots, as the techies like to call them. I'm not a techie anymore, really. Um, so that's 4G. And we really don't know what's happening when they all bump into each other. So all the people on the front row here and every other row, every one of you will have a different level of exposure during this evening. Every single one of you, and me as well. Um, we can't calculate. 5G is a bit like getting a radio-controlled motorbike 
and running it straight through the middle of all that uh, disruption. So it makes beams and the beams go from the tower to a device. So that's why, whereas the 4G is spreading over the whole area, uh, like the ship from the shipping lane in, um, in Texel, uh, whereas this one is, the 5G is aiming at these different people. And I mean, the ultimate use of that will be scanning your body in your home and seeing you. Look at Amazon sidewalk, everybody. So, so that's, the, that's the way it goes. And if we go back into science, not into science really, um, going back into life on the planet, um, this, vaguely speaking, is what it might have been like a few, few millennia ago, um, although we probably weren't wearing clothes like that. Um, you can see I'm not much of an artist. Um, and you, I like to notice that the alpha brain rhythms and the Schumann resonance, which was calculated um, la late last century, and is the frequency between the Earth and the ionosphere, are pretty much the same. They're very little bit, and of course they've got harmonics. I was discussing that with somebody uh, the other day. And then when we invented electricity, you know, around about the late 1800s, we went in, a, so a couple of hundred years later, this is what we've got. So my question then is, are we being exposed to an excessive and sudden, relatively sudden increase in this radiation? And is it going to affect us? Now that number of 100,000 satellites, we've not got there yet. Uh, when we started a, a few years ago, there were two or 3,000, I think it's up to about 50 or 60,000 uh, now. Um, but uh, I was reading something a few days ago which said Rwanda, Yes, listen to this, Rwanda is planning to put up 300,000 itself. Now, I'm not sure whether they're going to get the technology or the money for that, but I could make a good guess. Um, so, do you think it's possible that that could be having some negative effects on us? Yeah, I think so too. But I want to go back because there's a woman called Diana Cordas, and who's done a wonderful report about insects. She lives on the island of Samos, uh, which is a Greek island, and she noticed uh, that when 4G towers were put on there, uh, the island, um, it's a pre fairly pristine island, um, it's not a big tourist destination, um, all her neighbours grow organically, um, there are no big farms on the, on the island, so it's pretty, pretty good apart from the towers. And she noticed she was, she and her husband used to walk around, do lots of walking around the island and they noticed they were not seeing the insects. As she points out, it's much more difficult to notice when insects or something disappears than when it suddenly appears. Um, so, so she, she's got a, 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 you can download her paper, K-O-R-D-A-S, um, you'll find her paper relatively easily. And the importance of her work is, is that 80% of the pollinators are insects. So that's going to affect our agriculture, our gardens. You know, most, I'm sure a lot of, I heard Indra say something about allotments, didn't I, earlier. 
Yeah, I bet there's lots of people around here with allotments and vegetable gardens and things. Uh, so that's really what's important about that, um, that the pollinators is there. And also, another thing about 4G, it was 4G ma masts and towers on a place in Australia called Mount Nadi uh, that was put up some years ago. Again, a very heavily researched area, and they've noted the biodiversity loss over the years through that, ever since that 4G tower went up. We will be putting up 5G towers. I will talk about 5G a little bit, I promise. Um, but it's, it's important to rec it is important to recognise that it's all the radiation. Let's move on to trees, to plants. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this is... Um, I don't need to talk about these. Um, I can't remember... Cordelia, sorry, a German woman, um, worked through all this and she took pictures of the trees um, before there was a tower erected and after. And this study has been going on for about 15 years. I don't even need to mention it. Um, you can see the effect. This is a, a, new, a young linden tree. If it's affecting us, if we get personal and it's thinking about affecting us, we're not going to go into the health tonight. There's just not enough time. But um, I've just been told I've only got five minutes left. <laughs> so um, you can see we've got... Oh, ten. Okay, thank you. Um, I thought it sounded had gone a bit quick. <laughs> um, so you see the difference in the exposure of a child's head. This, is, this picture's from EH Trust, Deborah Davis, a uh, good researcher. And um, I, I'm not going to say what the effects are because we've not got time, but if we think about that um, scenario that I explained a little bit earlier, this, think of it in a schoolroom. Children are sitting there, what, five hours a day, five days a week, ten years. What's it doing for them? Well, the answer is I don't know. I don't know precisely. I can make suspicions and guesses, but I don't actually K-N-O-W in capitals. But the government doesn't seem to worry about it at all. Matt Warman, who was a digital czar or whatever they called him in the day, um, wrote this. Notice those two red words that I've highlighted. That tells me there is evidence and there is concern. We need to be very, very careful, very pedantic when we read papers like that um, because they can tell us an awful lot just by those words like that. Um, and the same, go same goes to planning applications. I'm going to skip a little bit because we've only got a little time. I promised that I would show you this slide at the end. That, this is what came after those words in that slide. And apart from noticing the agenda bit, the centralised control, notice the second sentence there. 5G is just the basic. Just the basic. Okay, so what's coming next? 6G, yeah, you've all heard of that, 7G, goodness knows how many Gs will be. G stands for generation, by the way. It's not gigahertz, not to be confused with, with that, which is G, big G, big H, and a little Z. It can, can be confusing, because sometimes people don't use the right abbreviation for it. Yeah, this is the more basic technology. Um, have you heard of a smart region? 
I hadn't heard of it until I saw that. What's a smart region? But you'll notice, without 5G, they can't do it. This is basically an admission that without 5G we can't do it. And this is why I've been doing so much work in the last two or three years to stop the rollout of these 5G masks via the planning, mostly via the planning uh, sites, applications. And of course at the bottom there you notice they have to bring in climate change. So yet again, climate change is fundamental to their agenda. Can I use that word now? Yeah. Um, and I think even in, even in this slide itself, I can see the, 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 the link between climate change, net zero, 5G, LTNs, smart city, smart region. You can see it all growing up, can't you? And what's even more important, um, two things I want to make. Anybody read about absolute zero? Absolute zero. What do you think of that, Peter? Ralph. Absolute zero. There's a paper um, uh, by five universities, I think, F-I-R-E-S it's called, FIRES. Have a look at that on the web website. Absolute zero is the, the new, the new you know, net zero, the old hat. Absolute zero is, is the one. But one of the really important things, coming back to things that I think it was Ralph said earlier, um, the amount of electricity that a 5G mast uses compared to a 4G mast is about three times. It's about the equivalent some calculations have done. Um, I personally have not done the calculation, but others have. And um, it's about equivalent to 40 houses, 40 average domestic houses. Yeah? And once we get all those smart things, like the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Eyes, the Internet of all these different things, it's going to double in power needed. So the amount of power that we are going to need, in addition to what probably what Ralph was uh, illustrating, um, is going to be enormous. You know, my hope is that um, we'll just have major blackouts around the country and then we won't have a smart city at all, will we? <laughs> I'm going to roll off um, simply by saying that we can do something about this. We can stop buying those devices I mentioned in the first place and we can also um, approach it by planning. I go around the country doing talks, I talk anywhere. You just have to ask me and I'll come anywhere. So far I think the furthest south has been Totnes, uh, Worthing in the, in the east and Aberdeen in the north. Um, so I want to fill in the gaps. Um, so if you want to see how you can actually start doing something positive by taking action and preventing this. The record so far is uh, a friend of mine was doing a count in Birmingham and she said that about 75% of their masks in Birmingham have been refused. That's good. The, um, I have a friend who, who's in planning and development and he, he did a, a search for me and the overall figure is about just under 50% of being refused. That's still pretty good. With all these holes around, 
they won't be able to bring in this mask, the agenda. So this is my final comment. Just be more afraid of what will happen if you don't do it than you are of doing it.